This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Of course, you should be already pre-marked in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Those of you that may have uh, streamed with us, if this is your first time streaming with us, or if you don't know about us, we are Church of the Living Water. We are a teaching ministry, so we teach in series, and we line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, with connecting knowledge. Because we believe that God's people need to be a people that are learned, people that can understand what God is saying, have their fingers on the pulse of God, and want to walk in what God, what they've been taught. And God is going to teach, you know what, we're going to teach, teach, teach until learning takes place. So being a teaching ministry, we're on, I think, our seventh, I think this is our seventh part to this particular teaching on being uh, restored by the Master's hands. And so we're on our seventh lesson in this, and it's all connecting knowledge. And God is dealing with us in every area of our lives, molding us, shaping us, and getting us to a place where we need to be. So we need to yield ourselves to that. We need to say, okay, this is what I need, this is where I need to go, this is how it, it needs to be, because God has given me the tools. Every time He gives you a tool, you have to work it out. Amen? So if you're in Philippians chapter 2, Began in verse 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as we have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Being restored by the Master's hands is a work to be done in us. So we have learned in previous teachings that if we are to be restored, that we have to work out those things that God is working in our lives. I told you the intent of this series is to prepare us for God's next move in our lives and in this, in this place here on earth. God is always moving and he always has people that are ready and prepared for his next move to be positioned to be used by him. We also have learned that the next move of God in our lives oftentimes will be connected to the next phase of our lives. If we go through phases in our lives, whether you understand it or not, you have phases in your life. But God's next move needs to be connected to the next phase of your life, or the next dispensation of your life, or the next span of time of your life. And so God is telling us, I'm going to connect with you. So we need to be prepared for that. We don't want, one thing we want to understand and we want to know and do is we don't want to take hurts from one phase of our life to another. Keep picking up the same hurts going from one thing to another, one stage of our lives to another. And we pass that on. And then before we go on to be with the Lord, we pass all that bondage and all of those hurts onto our children and then they carry them from one phase of life to another. God said it stops now and it ends now. We don't want to do that. We're not carrying any more hurts into one phase into another phase. God has given us the tools we need to be restored and we need to understand it is a process and it is a work. 
So it's nothing that's going to happen overnight. It's nothing magical. It's not going to be this one-time message that will restore you. It comes with line-upon-line precept. It's a process, and it is a work. I told you the purpose of this teaching is that God has given us the tools that we need to, to get all of this done. He has given us the tools. He's not going to let us just try to figure it out. He's given us the tools and then telling us how to work the tools. And so we need to do that. So I believe in my heart, in this, in this dispensation of this ministry, Church of the Living Water, at this time, and now that our former pastor has transitioned, now me, as standing here as pastor of Church of the Living Water, I want, after we get through with all of these teachings, and the teachings that will go forth for the rest of the year, and on and on, I want to have a church where the people there are made whole, have been restored. That's, that's not impossible to do. I want a pastor, a people that every and a church that every member has been restored. Every member, I want to be able to say, I've been made whole. That my life is uh, healthy. I have a healthy spiritual life, and I have a healthy natural life. Why? Because I was I was rooted and established and productive in that ministry, and I have grown where I have been healed. Amen? And then the goal of this teaching is for us to be established and productive. We have learned that, that in this, God not don't want us to be one or the other, but we must be both. We need to be both established and productive. And we learned that the work that we have to do is obedience. Obedience is key to everything that God is showing us. Obedience is key for everything in your life. Just simply obeying what the Word of God is saying. Simply obeying what He is speaking to us. Simply obeying what authority is showing us. God is going to show you things through authority. Understand that. Don't get caught up with a person. Don't get caught up with a title. Get caught up with the fact that God places authority and He works through authority to show you things in your life that need to be addressed. But as long as you get offended with authority, don't want to accept what authority is saying, going to pick and choose what you what authority is saying, whether you're going to do it or not, you're not, you're not going to be where God wants you to be because that's the way God operates he gives authority words and he gives them revelation and he gives them words to speak into your life to show you where you are and to instruct you amen and so we said we need to listen attentively submit fully and conform completely that is I will obey and I will continue to obey until I become what I have been instructed. So whatever God is instructing you to do, you need to become one with it. You need to amuse yourself into that till it melts in where you can't see where you're obeying and it's you. It's all one. So we have to press toward that. Then we learn that we have to rebuild what have been damaged. And we learn that what have been damaged is proper relationships. And that was in an earlier teaching. And we first start with, uh, which is very, very, uh, 
the, the most important one, we must deal with our relationship with God. We got to rebuild it. Because we found out in that teaching where we thought we were okay with God, but we found out we were a little, little sketchy with God. We were mad at Him about some things. We were disappointed in Him about some things. And those type of things brings a very uh, awkward and a very wrong relationship with you and God, even though you love Him, even though you come to church, even though you lift your hands and pray, you might have some art against God because maybe someone, you lost a loved one and you don't understand why and you just got a little beef with God about that. Or maybe you had something that you wanted it Excuse me, and you didn't get it, and you did, and you prayed for it, and you knew it was the will of God, and you thought God said yes, and it didn't come through, and you didn't, you said, yeah, you know, it was okay, but on the inside, you were a little disappointed in God. Those are the type of relationships that you have to rebuild. We must understand this truth, that, understand this without a shadow of doubt. Understand this truth, the adversary is real. And he wants to put a division between you and a holy God. And whatever it takes to bring that division, he's going to do it. he That's his main purpose. I must bring a division between them and the Almighty God. We must rebuild our relationships with the church, we said. Then we need to rebuild our relationship with authority. Amen. Accept it. See, and this is the thing. Accept that you need authority. Then you'll find it. See, as long as you don't accept that you need authority, you won't ever find it. And that's why you'll say you're not under authority. Amen? You need to adjust your attitude as it pertains to authority. You have to adjust your attitude. That's where many missed it in, in the, in, um, in, just in your walk with God, in our, in the past, with your founding pastor, and even with me as being pastor. That's one of the areas that you'll miss it in. If you don't get an understanding and be okay and change your attitude about authority, you're gonna always be where you are. If you always do what you've always done, you're always gonna get the same results. You're not gonna get different results from doing the same old thing that you were doing against the Word of God. Amen? And then we said you have to learn to forgive. Learn how to let let it go. Leave it alone and give up the debt. Oh, we didn't want to do that. But we must see. We must we, we must see what God is saying with that. Forgiveness is key to being made whole, to being restored. You must forgive. And I get and, and I'm telling you, hold on to those definitions and when unforgiveness rise up in you, speak those words to yourself. Let it go. Leave it alone and just give up the debt. Whatever you think they owed you from hurting, just give it up. Then we said we must see the situation from God's perspective. And when we do that, you'll find out God did not hurt me. God did not hurt me. We also we need to see the person from God's perspective or persons from God's perspective that you may have think that hurt, that hurt you. But this is a good one. Did you know you have to also forgive yourself? Do you know you may have hurt yourself? And let me tell you, the hardest person to forgive is your own self. And a lot of times you've hurt your own self. You've blamed it on people, but not necessarily people. It's you. You have to learn to even forgive yourself. Listen, if I'm the one that messed up my life, listen, if you're the one that have messed up your life, you have to have compassion even on yourself. 
Because you'd be like, oh man, I, why did I do that? Oh, I hate I did this. And oh, I hate I did that. Have compassion on yourself. So you can't uh, hate others. And, and you can't hate yourself. You can't you, just leave, let it go. Leave it alone. And just make sure you give up the debt. And, and for God's sake, please don't try. The, the, you know, this thing of I'm, you're going to pay you back. No, 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 no. Don't try to get back. Don't try to pay back anyone. I'm going to tell you this now. Payback never pays back. It never does. And no matter how much you, yeah, but they thought they got me. Yeah, but I'm paying. No, payback never pays it back. What it does, it just leaves you more hurt than you were before you started. So let's just let that go. Then last week, we learned last week that we have to repair our breaches. And we said breaches are broken places, gaps in our lives. Breaches are just uh, places where we have given place to the adversary. Breaches are areas of repeated failure. Listen, I don't care how great you think you are and how much you walk with God and how much you pray and how much you fast. You, you just, I don't care what you think about yourself. Know this one thing. If you're honest... You have many things that's going on still in areas where you have repeated failure. Now, God wouldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now, nobody else may not see it and may not know it, but God said, no, tell them that they have repeated areas. I don't care how much they love. They got areas in their life that they keep failing in that same area. Just keep failing in that area like, okay, I'm going to get that right. I'm going to get that right. No, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to get that right. Rest called repeated failure. Areas of neglect, we called it. Where we don't want to really deal with the problem. See, when you don't really want to deal with it, that's an area of neglect. And that's where you're going to continue to fail. You must be healed and made whole in that area. Amen? And, it, you know, we said to repair these breaches, you're going to have to, you, to repair this, you're going to have to rise and build. You've got to get yourself in a position where it's time to rise and build, to put in some persistent effort. you got to, you, let me tell you, you're going to have to work on this. You've got to work, learn, you know what, we've got to learn about how these things, all these things in our lives that are going on, we've got to persist and we've got to, persevere we gotta go through we gotta you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna defeat this that's your responsibility and you can do it amen we said that we have to repair the breaches of who i am in my character in my in my conduct and we have to uh prepare the um uh breaches that it it, it that are exposed by authority let me tell you god is going to always expose your your breaches from authority that he's placed in state to minister to you. People in authority will show you where you are lacking in character. Don't be offended. Just say, thank you, Lord, you showed me that. Because a lot of times you can't see it. So God will give it to those that he has placed in authority. They begin to minister to you. And then you act like they're picking on you. No, that's God trying to help you deal with your character. Then we said you have to repair the breaches in your conduct. That is where my conduct is missing. I'm going to have to learn how to discipline myself. I'm going to have to repair the breaches also in my commitment to the faith. 
Mm, many have to do that. Prepare your breaches to your commitment to the faith. I'm going to have to also learn how to be committed in those areas where I have not been committed to, in, uh, in my faith. So, so even in this pandemic, different things that you were not, have not been committed to before, this is a time for you to assess yourself and get this tool and make this commitment. It's to your faith. This is where people miss it. You think if you don't show up at church that you're not being committed to Pastor Hill or you're not committed to the church family. No, you're not committed to the faith. You're not committed to the faith. You have to assess yourself. You got to make the difference. You got to say, you know what, I got to deal with this area where I'm not committed. Amen. We need to repair the breaches in our natural knowledge. How many of you know that, listen, that there are some areas you don't know and, and listen, and it's okay. There's areas, I mean, every one of our lives where we don't know like we ought to know. It's okay. You don't know everything. I know you want to know everything, but you don't know everything. And then we said you can't be, have a fear of learning. God is trying to teach you something, even in these teachings. Don't have a fear. Don't think you know everything. Have an attitude to learn. Because this is the way I feel about it. It is never, ever embarrassing to be exposed for not knowing something. What is embarrassing is to walk around and think you know and don't know. Now, that's embarrassing. But to, to say, I didn't know that and learn it, that's not embarrassing. That's saying, I want to know, I want to grow, and I want things to change. And I want to, oh my God, I want to. But when you walk around like, I know everything, that's embarrassing because usually you don't. We also said to repair these breaches in your natural knowledge, you have to hear instructions with a mind to obey. Not only hear instructions, because many of us hear, but don't have a mind to obey. We got to hear it with a mind to obey. Then I have to get some wisdom to make application of that knowledge. If you don't have wisdom, you're not going to make application of what the, the knowledge that you, that you have. See, knowledge doesn't make you wise. Did you hear me? Knowledge doesn't make you... Now, to the world it does, but knowledge doesn't make you wise. Listen to me closely, because we, and I, we talked about that in, la, in a previous teaching, so I'm not going to go through all of that. But I want you to know that wisdom is, a bil, is the ability to apply the knowledge. Now you got wisdom. See, you, we, we think if I have knowledge, I have wisdom. No, there's plenty of people that have knowledge but don't have the wisdom to know how to use it. Listen. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge so that it is of a beneficial effect. So see, you, you can know something, but just don't have any wisdom. Have you ever met people like that, that know everything, but they just don't have any wisdom? They can talk about it good, but can they walk in it? No. And you, can you see it in their life? No. But they have a lot of information, but no wisdom. See, knowledge, again, knowledge doesn't make you wise. Wisdom is what we're going for. Wisdom. We go beyond the knowledge into wisdom. That's the ability to know something and then to apply it. See, that, make, that takes us to a whole nother level. When it's the, the ability to not only know something but to apply it. So that it's a beneficial effect. And all you're getting, church, get an understanding. And when you get understanding, how do you get understanding? Through obedience. 
Obedience is always key. Then we said we needed to access, uh, we need to assess, I'm sorry, assess our lives. Church, this is so important at this particular time in this ministry, in your life, in this church, that, that I need to assess all my spiritual breaches, all my natural breaches, all of my financial breaches. Now is the time to assess it. Amen. Now, if you will, go with me to Psalms chapter uh, chapter 1. Let's go to Psalms chapter 1. Now, we want to, listen, we want to rebuild the damages and we want to heal what's hurting and repair our breaches so that we can be used by God. But I want you to know that, to, I want to make sure that you understand, to be used by God is basically means three things. It means three things. And I want you to write them down. You, you say you want to be used by God. To be used by God means three things. I want to be used by God to do His will. I want to be used by God to represent Him. And I want to be used by God to glorify Him. I'll say them again. Three things that when it comes to being used by God. You want to be used by God to do His will, to represent Him, and to glorify Him. I want to be used by God to do His will. Well, Pastor, what is His will? His will is that we be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That I will live out my life in Christ. Live out my life. See, that's His will. That you live out your life in Christ. I want to represent Him. What do you mean by represent Him? Well, that is, I want to represent the love that He has for mankind. God said, let me use you to represent that in the earth. I want to take this ministry to, uh, you know, I want to take in the ministry of reconciliation in me. I want to reconcile those that don't know God back to God. I want God to use me to seek and save that which is lost. And you know what? Though we got plenty of people that are lost, confused, and hurting. And I'm not necessarily talking about sinners. I'm talking about there's a lot of believers that are confused, lost, and hurting. And then you say, I want to, I want to be used by God to glorify God. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? What do you mean glorify Him? That is, I want my life to be so that I am in a position and I am in a way that I have the power of God manifest in my life here on the earth. God is looking for those that he can show his power through. And God said, let it be you. Well, what do you mean by that? What do you mean power of God? Well, that is, I want somebody, anybody, wherever I go, I want them to look at my life and that they can see God in me and know that there is a God. Why? Because they met me. Did you hear me? If you want to glorify God, let God be seen in you in such a way that when people meet you, they say, you know what? There is a God. She's a blessing. He's a blessing. There is a God. That's how you glorify God. You don't glorify God in what you drive, in, how, in what, kind, what size your house is, or what kind of clothes you wear, or how much money you have in the bank. And let me tell you, sinners have that. 
God wants you to glorify Him in a different way. You glorify Him by once a person meet you and come in contact with you, when they leave, they'll say, there is a God. Oh, there is a God. Because I could just see it all over them. Amen. So, it is our responsibility in all of us to be restored so that when somebody looks at us and they see God in us, that, you know what, that's why the, that's what the Bible means when it said, let your light so shine. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what that scripture means, that it's something about you. Somebody should be able to say, I know there is a God because I met you. Just because I met you. Now that's powerful. That takes a restored life. That takes a person that is changed. But a person can say, I met them and my life changed forever. Now the only way that a person can know that there's a God by knowing you and knowing me is if they cannot see your hurts. They cannot see your damaged relationships. And they cannot see your breaches. That's why God is having them to be restored. Because God, as long as they see all of that in your life, you look like them. That's why God is saying, fix it. So that when people see you, they don't see your hurts. They don't see your breaches. They don't see all of the stuff that's going on. Why? Because I've been restored. That's how you glorify God. They don't, they don't need to see all the damaged relationships. You don't need to talk about all of the damaged relationships. Amen? So that, so that when people see me, they see, they can see that I'm complete in Jesus. See, now if people see you and they can't see that you're complete in Jesus, something is wrong. If people can't see the truth complete, complete in Jesus and that there is a God and that He still dwells and lives in the lives of men and women as, you know, and as you, as they see you, if you can't invite them into their lives, it's time to make the change. It's because you have to be made whole. And only He can make your life whole. Nobody else can make your life whole. You know, I've seen people, I've seen people in this ministry, I've seen people, in, period, just people all together. They think getting married is going to make them whole. They think having children is going to make them whole. They think a good job is going to make them whole. They think they buy a house is going to make them whole. They think, they think all of the wrong things that they feel is going to make it whole. But notice, everything that you thought was going to make you whole, it was only new for a little while. New don't last new long. Now, are you still whole? Are you still whole from all those things that you thought was going to make you whole? No, because only He can do it. Only He can do it. It's a waste of time to try to do this, that, and the other to make yourself whole. Because at the end of the day, you're going to catch it on the back end that that was never meant for me. That was never going to make me whole. Nope, it wasn't. It, 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 it will never make you whole. You need to say to yourself, God, only you can make me whole. Amen. Again, preparation, listen, is the hard, unseen work. 
that produces seen results. See, the, the things that I'm talking about that we need to get into, this is unseen work that nobody's going to see. Church, every lesson that we have learned and is learning, they're all preparation. And they all need hard, unseen work. And here's the thing about preparation. It, and, 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 and this is what people don't understand. Get this. About preparation. The thing about preparation is, preparation is not appreciated by others. You know why? Because they can't see it. So they, they can't appreciate it. And so that, that kind of offends you. Because you're doing a lot of work that nobody sees. I'm going to say it again because I want you to understand this. Here's the thing about preparation. It's unappreciated by others, but essential to you. Ooh, write it down. See, it's unappreciated by others, but it's essential to you. The unseen work. Now, this is for everybody. And, but, and I really want to ring this out to you young people. To really listen to this, even though it's for everybody. Because this is the one thing that people... Uh, you know, they're doing, that's doing the hard, unseen work, or they're trying real hard. They want somebody to see what they're doing. See, they want, I want you to see what I've done. See how I've changed. See, I've changed and nobody sees it. So you want that. See, I'm trying, but nobody acts like they even see it. Nobody's even saying anything about it. Uh, you know, I'm better than I used to be. But nobody seems to recognize it. Look at me. Look at me. I've I've changed. Listen. This is an inside work. Understand that. Nobody is going to appreciate the work that you're doing on the inside. But it's essential for you. It's essential for you. But nobody else is going to appreciate it. Because they don't see it. I don't care how much. See, you want them to see it. You want them to know. It's not going to be appreciated by them. But it's essential to you. Did you hear me? Maybe you understand this the best. Listen, nobody buys a ticket to practice. They only buy tickets to the game. So don't worry about it. They're not, they not trying to. They don't want to know what you're doing in practice. They just want to know what you're doing on the field. And so that's what you, but you want them to see what you're doing and you, and acknowledge that. Have you noticed? Nobody talks about all of the practice work that anybody else does. Nobody cares. We just want to know, we want you to win. Especially if it's your team. They don't care about what you're doing behind closed doors. <laughs> Oh, maybe some of you got that. Maybe some of you got that. Now, just think, if the athletes sit in the gym when they're working out and getting themselves all together and getting ready, you know, getting, I mean, weeks in advance before the game, if they sitting up in the gym, ah, we're doing all this and people don't even know what we're doing. We, I have to do all this work. If they were brewing about all of that, Nobody cares. They just want you to put it up and put it down on the field so we can yell. And so, so you don't have to worry. But guess what? But it's essential for them because that's what makes them the star. 
all the behind the scene work that nobody sees. I hope you grabbed a hold of that. Nobody has to watch you work. And see, you're going to have to put the work in where nobody is going to appreciate that you've been working on your life. <laughs> no. But I'm going to tell you again, it's essential to you. Listen, do not try to work to get the praise of men. It's not worth it. You don't need the praise of men. We worked to please God. Put in the work to please God. And God is pleased with the work you're doing. And guess what? Eventually men will recognize it. <laughs> they'll recognize what God has done on the inside of you. And they'll stop looking up, you know what? And they'll be like, you know what? There's something different about them. But see, the thing about it is, while you're doing the work, stop looking up and, 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 and watching who's watching you practice. Nobody's, nobody cares. Nobody's, well, you see, I'm coming to church now. You see, I'm being this now. Nobody cares. You're not here for that. You're not here to, to get the pastor's approval or, or anybody's approval. What you, get the approval of God. You don't need any other approval. God will let, let me tell you, God will make you recognize in your time. But as long as you try to put yourself out there to show people you've changed, you haven't. You keep working out those things that God is working in the inside of you. It's amazing how people who wanted, you know, who wanted you to get your life right, they, they won't appreciate the effort because they, why would they? Because it's unseen work that you're putting in. They're not going to appreciate it. They don't know all the stuff I'm doing. They need to. And then you go to start telling them what all the different stuff you change and everything. See, you're trying to tell them your unseen work. That's called trying to change yourself. Listen, it is not anyone's job to appreciate your unseen work. It is your job to do it. It's essential for you and you alone. So stop looking for people to give you praise. Oh my God, you really changed. I see it. I see. You want to gloat on that, but no. And in the end, if you do the work of God and the will of God, let me tell you, God will be glorified. And it will be very clear that you are in His will and that you've done His will. People will understand that God has been working in you. It might take a long time. It might take a short time. But it might take three or four years. And somebody look up and say, oh, God's been working with them all along. I never saw it before because it's unseen work. They act like they don't appreciate me. I, I came back and I'm, I'm, I'm doing that. They ought to be flocking over me. Why? It's unseen work God is dealing with you about. You don't need that. It's essential that you just do the unseen work. If nobody never acknowledged you, be okay with that. Just let it know that one day God's going to raise me up out of obscurity and say, boom, and everybody be like, oh my God, all along God was slamming it, and we never saw it. You don't need an audience. Listen, whenever you try to prepare yourself to be used, listen, understand this, distraction is coming. Distractions will come. Did you hear me? 
you will be distracted. So whatever you try to do, you, that distractions will come. Understand that. Oh my God, if people would understand that, they wouldn't get themselves in financial straits. They wouldn't get themselves off of God's, um, of what God has told them to do. Anytime, you know, the first little distraction, they start altering what God said do. No, that's a distraction. You cannot be distracted. Listen to me. Church, if there is rebuilding that you need to do, you cannot get distracted. If there's healing that needs to take place, you cannot get distracted. If there's breaches that need to be repaired, you cannot get distracted. Listen, whenever you try to prepare yourself to be used, distractions are going to always come. Know that. So you have to determine within yourself, I'm not going to be distracted. Think about it. Think about it. In the, just think about it in the natural. Think about it in the areas of your life. Whenever you try to save money, distractions come to make you spend it, don't it? It's something you have to use it on. Whenever you say, okay, I'm going, to go on a, I'm going on a diet and lose weight, somebody's going to bring you some cookies, cake, and a pie. See, it's always going to be just a little distraction. Whatever you decide to make a stand on and to go on, there'll be distraction. Oh, I got one better. Oh, yes, I'm gonna. I, I, this year, I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to assess. I'm going to do pastor's compensation. I'm going to do all of that. Well, let me tell you, if you don't think distraction is going to come to get you off of that, you better think again. The distraction is coming. But just stay with this message. God's going to give you the tool to handle that. You're gonna all, you're gonna always have a reason not to do what you need to do in whatever area it is. You're gonna always, a distraction will come. The enemy will make sure of that. Did you hear me? He'll make, he'll make sure of that. Anything that you try to accomplish. You know, you try to accomplish that I'm gonna change and I, I gotta start doing this. A distraction will come. But you have to make it up in your mind. I will not be distracted. I will not. So I want to give us three simple tools this morning that's going to help us. Restoration requires, point number one, that I become settled. That I become settled. You are not going to rebuild any relationships, heal any hurts, repair any breaches until you learn to be settled. Mm. One of the things that's so hard for us to do sometimes is just to be settled. Settle down. Just to get out of your... You know, when I say settle down, just get out of your own hustle. Just what you want to do. What's all in your head. You know why? Because here's the thing. When you have breaches, when you have hurts, when you have damaged, damaged relationships... You get into, and this is, this is for most people. You get into a make it happen mood. See, because all of this is already there. So I'm, I gotta make something happen. Did you hear me? You're gonna get into that mood without even knowing it. It's just automatic. You jump right into the mood. I'll say it again. Here's the thing. When you have breaches, when you have damaged relationships, when you have hurts, you will get into the make it happen mode in an instant. And not even, it's not something that you try to, you just, you just get into that mode. 
You just do whatever you need to do to overcome what you're dealing with. But guess what? That whole thing means that I am not whole. That's all that means. I am not whole. Well, I need to get this done. Well, based on what happened, I need to do this. But, but that's not whole. That's not being whole. I know you think, you, you know, and people like to say, you know, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I get on it. I get this done. I'm get yeah, but you're not whole. I, I, I'm going to make something happen. You know, some people just sit around. They don't make nothing happen. I'll make things happen. But you're not whole. With what that is, I'm telling you, you're just making it happen mode. But you yourself are not whole. You're not made whole. Then you go to jo- uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I just had to use them. Snatching from this place to, for, to that place. Running over here to do this and running over there to do that. Why? Because I'm trying to compensate for things where I am not right. I'm not whole. So I'm just going to make it happen. So I'm doing whatever. That's why you just do all kind of things. I'm just, not, I'm just trying to make something happen. At some point you got to stop. And realize that you know what? I am not whole. I am not being made whole with all this that I'm doing. The only way that you're going to begin to be made whole, you have to settle down. Settle down. You have to adopt a steady and secure life. Now, when I say adopt, I'm not talking about, see, I, see, I found in Pastor Lady out to see well, a lot of times people think I'm adopted to a family like the adoption tier of the earth. That's not the same thing. I'm telling you, there should be a placing, a placing that you should have in your life to make it steady and secure. That's what it means to be settled, to be steady. I've adopted and placed in my life to be steady and secure. You know, I'll say that, Father. Some of you are so busy trying to get to that certain amount level or certain amount of money level that you just missed it. You just missed what it really takes. You really miss what it takes to really make your finances, get your finances in order because you're trying to get to a number. You're trying to get to a certain place. No, no. Stop right now. Stop trying to get to a certain dollar amount and steady yourself. Steady yourself. Secure your life. Oh, okay, well, okay, they're paying this over there. Well, what are they paying over there? I don't know. Let me see what they're paying over there. I'm going over there because they're paying it. See, you're all over the place. That's not steady. They're paying $20 here. They're paying 21 over there. Well, that's an extra dollar. That's a meal on my table. Settle down. Well, over there they're asking me to do this. Over here they ask me to do... Settle down. See, that's it. Your head, you just go... That's that make it happen mode. I'm just trying to do everything and anything to make it work. Settle down. You know, one of the things that in Christianity that is, is afforded us, and that is a steady and secure life. We're afforded that just to being a Christian. You know why it's so important to come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays? Because it makes you steady. It settles you down. 
It settles you down. See, a lot of times we think, oh, church again on Wednesday. See, now you're missing it. But before you was missing it, oh, yeah, God, I'll say that too. God said, well, you know, when this first thing happened with the pandemic, you kind of liked it that you didn't have to come on Wednesdays. And you didn't have Sunday. Now it's getting like, oh, now, now, wait a minute, wait. See, you kind of, he was like, oh, okay, I don't have to get dressed. I ain't got to worry about what I got to put on. I, you know, we can just sit here. I ain't got to rush. I ain't got to do nothing. I, you kind of liked it, but this is why you're you're unsettled. Because you need that. When you come to church, when you come to women's Bible studies, when you come, especially on Sundays and Wednesdays, you don't need to miss because that's what's going to settle you. When you miss, that's why you're so unsettled. That's why people are all over the place. It settles you down. You know what else? It makes your days accounted for. You need the same thing every day. You need to just settle down. Some of us, we in relationships. We out of relationships. Just settle down. Just settle down. You try to figure out why you were hurting. You know, you, why you can't be healed. Why did they hurt me? And why did they, you know... Stop trying to meet someone every other month. That's not a steady and secure life. To be settled means oh, to just plant yourself. <laughs> just settle down. Just plant yourself. You need to be still. You know, I know when my children were young, and, and, and I can even do it with my grandchildren now, but you remember when you, when you were young or when your children were young, you used to tell them, get somewhere and sit down. When they just start getting rambunctious, you'd be like, just sit yourself down, just preferably out of my face, but just sit down. You said, now just sit there. That what, what you were saying, settle down. And if you notice, when they sat there, they began to calm down. But if they was all doing everything and you tell them, just sit down. Just don't move. Sit down. And the longer they sit, the more settled they become. But until you tell them to settle down, they just doing everything. <laughs> just sit yourself down. That's amazing. Isn't it amazing how even the child, when they, sit, when they just sit down, they even calm down. But listen, watch this. If your relationship with the Lord is damaged, and your relationship with the church is damaged, and your relationship with authority is damaged, guess what? You cannot plant yourself. You cannot do it. You see how these things connect? To be settled, it just means to resolve that this is who I am. See, just make a resolve. This is who I am. 
let me just give you a testimony of myself. Long, I mean a long time. I was a Christian a long time before I became settled. See, a lot of times we think, once we just say we're born again, we settled down. No, I was a Christian a long time before I was settled. I mean, I was a Christian, I was, I, I was going to heaven, but I still wasn't settled with it. Now, mind you, I've been, I've been saved a long time, but I wasn't always settled in my Christian walk. You know, I can remember times in my young Christian walk where I still wanted to know what was going on out there as a Christian. I still wanted to, you know, know what the world was doing. Still wanted to keep certain connections. Now, I, I had gotten saved enough that I wasn't going to do the old stuff that I need to do, but I still wasn't settled. Because even though I wasn't doing the same thing I used to do, I didn't think it was anything wrong with just being around it. That's not settled. All of that shows that you are not settled. And see, when you're not settled, it hurts your growth. And I had to one day tell myself, this is who I am. I'm a Christian. This is my life. And it has to be steady. And it has to be secure. Now, it's not flashy. And it's not always fun, and it's not always exciting. But you know what? Flashy, fun, and exciting, that's what's killing most Christians. That's what's killing. We, that's all we want. And see, it ain't, it's not always like that in Christendom. And so we want that. We want fun, flashy, and let's get it on. And it's killing you. But guess what? Steady and secure gives you life. See, you have to be able to stay into position long enough for your life to bear fruit. See, it'll give you life, but you've you got to stay there. Don't get tired until you bear fruit. Some of you are moving so much in your life that it can't ever become productive. Can't ever become productive. And I don't like that. Now, before I read Psalms chapter 1, and I hope you're there, Psalms chapter 1. Now, before I read the rest of the, the, these first three verses, this book of Psalms, the first book of Psalms, let me tell you, listen to me closely, because this is very... This, just these three verses is sufficient to live your whole entire life off of. Just these three verses. You can live your whole entire life off of these first three verses. Enough to live a victorious life off of these first three verses. Psalms chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. It reads, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree, Planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth 
shall prosper. Church restoration requires that I settled, that I'm settled in the company I keep. That's letter A. Restoration requires that I be settled in the company I keep. Now this is where people don't want to hear it and don't want to talk about it and don't want God or his those he placed in authority to talk about. Don't tell me the company I should keep. I be with who I want to be with. We're talking about restoration. When you are being restored, you're going to have to settle down and come to a conclusion with the company you keep. Some of you are very unsettled in the company that you keep. You have too many people in your company that keeps you unsettled. Listen, and if you're going to be ready to be used by God, you're going to have to settle in on who ought to be in your life and who ought to be out of your life. And I'm going to have to get the folk that, are out, that need to be out of my life out. I know, I know. God have talked to us about this years ago and everything else, and you didn't want to do it then, and you're not going to do it now. But God is still giving you an opportunity. Because this is only for those that want to be restored. You're going to have to get those folk out of your life that need to be out. You're going to have to settle it. See, God is telling you what to do with the two. You've got to settle it. Everybody that's a Christian, say amen. I hear you out there. Everybody that's a Christian, say amen. I know you don't want to because you don't. See, you want only what you want God to say. Anything else that's, that's not what you want, you don't want to say amen and you don't want to do it. But this is going to take you listen attentively, submitting fully, and conforming completely in order to get the results of being restored and being made whole. Listen there. Listen, understand this. As a Christian... You just said, yes, I'm a Christian. You said, amen, you're a Christian. As a Christian, there are only three types of people in your life. And you're going to write them down. There's no other. It's only three types of people that are in your life. Number one, there will be people in your life that will add to your life. Number two, there are people that's going to be in your life that's going to drain from your life. And number three, there are going to be people in your life that you are called to minister to into their lives. Only three. Let me tell you, in your life, only these three people exist. I don't care what you say and how you say it. Only these three exist in your life. Only three The add to needs to stay. The drain needs to go. And the minister to, you just may not be qualified to do that yet. Hmm. But that's the only three categories. You cannot allow people who are draining on your life to stay in your life. 
Why? Because it's going to keep you unsettled. It's going to keep you unsettled. I don't care if he's your boy. I don't care if they're your boo. I don't care if that's your man, your friend, your woman, whatever. You cannot allow people who are draining on your life to stay in your life. You cannot. And guess what? And if their drainage is greater than your ministry, they have to go. If them draining on you is uh, more powerful than you, you ministry, they got to go. Because, see, sometimes we make that excuse. Oh, okay, I'm ministering to them. But guess what? If you're the one that you, when you're with them, if you come out and you lack peace, all of a sudden your joy is gone, you feel stressed, you feel unsettled after the interaction that you've had with them, you don't have enough in you to put in them. Let them go. You don't have enough. <laughs> Did you hear me? When you get through being around them, since you claim you're ministering to them, why are you so stressed? Why are you so messed up? Why are you so tired? Why are you so drained? Why are you so... Oh, no. They, you don't have what it takes to minister to them. Not yet. It doesn't mean that you never have it. But right now, you don't have enough. Let it go. They're just draining you. you be like, oh, God. Whew, after I get through ministering to them, I am just... Whew, and I'm so worried about them. And oh, no. They, you, you are all messed up. Again, unsettled. They just unsettled you. Did you hear me? They have so much mess in them, it begins to mess you up. Listen, you have to remove poor associations. People who give you ungodly counsel. Mm-mm. I don't take ungodly counsel. I don't, I don't care if they're family members. I do not take ungodly counsel from family members and no one else. My pastor didn't and he taught me well. I do not. I don't care if they're a family member. If every time they talk to me, they're talking about foolishness coming out of their mouth or whatever, they got to go. They got to go. Now, I know you just heard me say, don't love them no more, don't speak to them no more, don't have nothing to do with them more. That's a person that's unsettled. Because that's not what I'm saying at all. God is trying to get you to be whole. <laughs> that's all. You need to be made whole. And you are never going to be made whole if you have someone draining on your life. Just draining you. But I, I don't care who it is. They got to go. Well, I'm going to put up with them, you know. I'm not sinning. But you're standing with them. They sinning. And you're and you standing with them. Listen. Listen to me closely. Sinners keep your life unsettled if you hang with them. <laughs> Did you hear me? You hanging with people that are sinning, they will keep your life unsettled. You have to get negative people out of your life. 
I know, I know. But you're going to do what you always do. You're going to say amen and you're going to yes, yes, and not going to do any of it. But this is for those that saying, you know, it's time to make the change and I'm making it. We're talking about those that's positioning themselves for God next move in their life. Positioning themselves to obey God. You better get it. Now, let me even bring it a little closer to home so that you can understand this. And let's balance this word so that you can, you can understand that there's always balance. There are some people in the church as a whole, and even in this church or any other church, that you just can't fellowship with. <laughs> it's the truth. You just can't fellowship with. But I thought we should fellowship with everybody. It's some people in the church you just can't fellowship with. And guess what? I can't just put them out because it's the church. Because we, if we start going by criteria of what they should be and the thing, uh, let me tell you, it would diminish, diminish, diminish. Well, I might not even be here. So we, 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 we can't go there. But there are some people that you can't fellowship with. Listen, there are mature people in this church who are wonderfully encouraging people. And if you are a young person, you need to find yourself around them. They're encouraging. Listen, but whenever you hear a mature person in this church start talking negatively about anything, they are not the one. They are not the one. You get in ministry and they're always complaining. And you're excited and they're, they're complaining about this and they're complaining about that. You know what? Slide over from them. Just slide over. Listen, every mature adult in this church or any church, listen, is not a blessing. I, I mean, let's just be truthful. See, I'm not trying to make like everything is... No, no, no. Every mature adult in this church and any church in the church as whole is not always a blessing. Some of them are negative. Some of them are nasty. Some of them are, you know, some of them are mean. Some are set in their ways. And you don't want to change the... You know, you know what? They, they're not going to change. Listen, you don't have to run into them and leave the church. Just slide over. That's a, you, you don't have to leave your house. Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to find me another church. They were nasty. Don't leave the church. Slide over. Just slide over. Why? Because you have to stay settled. You don't go running and dropping them from church to church. That's unsettled. I don't care how many times what God has told you. No, you're serving a different God. God is a settled God. Just settle yourself and just slide over from them. Say, ooh, they're a little messy. Let me slide over. If they're unsettling to you, there's always a space in here to slide over. Just saying, mm -mm, I'm sliding over. See, if your neighborhood is not good, you don't have to move out the neighborhood. Just move off the same street. 
So you don't have to sit on the same aisle, get moved to another aisle. But you don't have to leave the church. You don't have to leave the church. Just slide over, because guess what? The other one you go to, you're going to get the same thing, because you're dealing with people. What what your main thing is you're trying to do, I'm trying to stay settled. So I don't care what other people do. When I can slide, just slide over from them. That's all I have to do. And I'm keeping my life settled and secure. That's called being established and productive. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting this. And even some young people in the church, they have all the questions. Why pastor doing this? I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, what do you think about Pastor Hilden doing this? And what do you think? Oh, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. What do you think they're doing with the money? What do you think they're doing with this? Slide over. Just slide, just say, just slide. You know that slip and slide thing? Just slide over there. Oh, getting off that street. Get on another street. Why? So you can stay settled. Don't let them get in your ear so you can stay settled. If they get in your ear, you will become unsettled. Because you can't minister to him, so give them some space. Give them some space. Mm-mm. Restoration requires letter B, that I'm settled in my thoughts that I think. I must be settled in the thoughts that I think. Now watch this. If I don't address my company, it is nearly impossible for me to address my thoughts. Why is that? I know in your mind you think, work on my mind first. But see, people make you think. So that's why you got to work at the opposite. People make you think. So I have to address the people first. See, if I get the right people in my life and the wrong people out of my life, it helps me in my thinking. Oh, yes, ma- yes, ma'am, yes, sir. You want to start thinking right, get the right people in your life. Wrong people are going to always keep you unsettled. Always. And you need to be settled. Address those, all those thoughts. That's why the scripture says meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. In other words, I meditate on what it is God, what is it that God wants me to do today? And I meditate on that day and night. What is it he wants me to do? What is it? See, keep that in, don't let it get far from your mind. Don't let it get, don't let it get away. The way you settle down, you have to start, listen, narrowing your mind to a point that I'm not, I'm only going to think about what God wants me to do next. Narrow it. Narrow your mind. That's why Paul said, I bring every thought. I take every thought and I bring it into captivity and make it obey the word of God. That's narrowing his thoughts and saying, I'm bringing it here. That's why he told them in Philippians chapter 4, whatsoever things are true, 
Whatsoever things are honest and lovely and of a good report and just. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Your thought life is important. See, sometimes you have to settle your mind down. And it's, a lot of times it's because of the company you keep. It affects the way you think. See, when your mind wants to go to drama, settle it down. Say, uh-uh, no. We're not going to even save that drama for your mama. We're going to settle it down. Settle down, mind. Wait a minute. That's what you have to say. Wait, wait. I'm fr- We're about to get into some drama. Wait, uh-uh. This is not honest. This is not lovely. This is not of a good report. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going there. I need to be thinking about what's good and honest and a good report and what's just. I'm not, I'm not about to get in there. Learn to walk away. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you strong. Walk away. When your mind want to get caught up in foolishness and, and petty disagreements and who said what and who didn't, you know, wait a minute, I want this and they said this and when did they say that and where, where, where was I when they said it? All that petty, petty stuff. You need to stop and say, wait a minute. This is not the law of the Lord. This is not the law of the Lord and I don't need to meditate on this day and night. Because have you noticed, you get caught up in that, you start meditating it on it day and night. You go to bed thinking about that. Day and night. You don't need that. That's not going to make you established. And it's not going to make you productive. It's not going to make you whole. When your mind wants to go back and revisit your hurts, who did what and how they did it, that's not going to help you. Don't go meditating on that. If you're going to be what God wants you to be, you have to learn how to settle your mind down. Settle it down. You have to tell yourself, wait, I mean, what are the things that I've learned and heard? And I've seen in those that walk among us. I need to focus on those things and doing that so that the peace of God will be with me. It'll be the peace of God will overshadow you. I got to settle my mind. Let me just give you a tidbit, and I'm, I'm out of time, but let me just give you this tidbit. I know that, that, that time comes come quick, but I don't, I don't want to overwhelm you and I don't want to give you too much. I want to give you enough that you can eat on and that, that you can swallow. I don't want to stuff your mouth. Amen. But you've got to settle your mind. You know, here's a little pit, tidbit. For those of you that are new to the Lord, I'm just going to say this. Or, and even those that are old to the Lord. And a lot of you young people, I, I really want you to get this. This is the last thing that I'm going to, but I want you to get this. If you want to settle your mind down and you want to get where God wants you to be and you want to be used by God and you want to position yourself to get there, listen to me. Less music, more word. I'll say it again. Less music, 
more word. Now, obviously, we're not talking about, I mean, obviously, we, we, we don't need that foolish music. But I'm even talking about spiritual music. Less music. More word. We, we're not only talking about the foolish ones. Who you need to sleep with and all that, all that foolishness. But even gospel stuff. Because you know what we have? This, in this, we have an earbud generation. So everybody got their earbuds in. That, that's it. They, I mean, they want to buy. And they spend a lot of money on those earbuds. But every, that's the big thing now. All the earbuds. So we live in an earbud generation. Change what's going through. Less music, more word. When you're in your car, instead of putting on music, put on Sunday's message. See, just more word. When you're walking around and you got, let me tell you, and I know that's the cool thing now. And you look cool and you, so, you know, you, you know what? You don't even have to downplay your coolness. You can still look cool because nobody else won't know what's going through. I mean, cause you know, I could be teaching stuff like this. You can still be doing like this and they still think you cool. And I'm tearing you up on this. See, you need more words. Just stop, just hold down on the music so much. We think, if I go exercise, I need my music in. Put some word on. Change up. I'm giving you, God's giving you the tool. And He's telling you what to do. See, I know we say, well, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna listen to spiritual music. Not even, no, no, no. You need some word. We're talking about settling it down. Put that in your ears. Nobody won't know. When you're walking across campus, if you're in college, you got everybody got their earbuds on. Put you have the word going while you're walking to your next class. Wherever you're going. If you live if you have a job where you can you can work with your earbuds on, put the word on. Why do you always have to just have music on? Put the word on. Let it get down in you. Let it get, because I guarantee you, whatever, whether it's the gospel music or secular music or whatever you listen to, it's not going to change your life like the word's going to change it. So if you got those earbuds in and you're walking around, again, you can still look cool. Because nobody won't know what you're hearing. They just say, well, and you know, and by you, you know, they got the Bluetooth one. They got the ones with the letters on. Get you all of that. So you can still look like you want to look in front of people. But have the word coming through. Settle your life forever. You want to know how to become settled? You want to know how to change it? Start listening to more of the Word. Get it. Get it on your M3. I don't know. They got so many new things out. Whatever it takes, get it in. Let's go walk through the neighborhood. Put your earbuds in and put the Word on. Just keep the, put the Word on. What you listening to? Say, so, oh, it's awesome. Just... You know, you, cause you stand up there, pat your feet, but that you did, I mean, do whatever. You know, I don't know how you can pat your cause you be like, oh no, she didn't just get in me, but okay, hey man. But everybody, everybody still think you cool. Say, man, they jamming, they, I mean, they always got their earbuds on, but you listen to the word. Do that for a year. I guarantee you, your life will never be the same. You know what? I don't even, no, you know what? You don't even have to do it for a year. Because you're so into music, do it for three months. Do it for a month. Nothing in them earbuds, but the word. Since you say 
you want to be restored, let God start there. Less music, more word. And again, I'm not putting music down. I love music. You love, I'm not talking about it. We're talking about preparation and restoration. We're talking about getting where God wants us to be. It's going to take sacrifice. See, that's hard, unseen work. See, they can't see or hear what's going on here. Just go on. I don't care what nobody says. What you listen to, what you, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta tell them nothing. Cause nobody come and take your earbuds out. They got their own in. But you just, while everybody else is jamming, you have yours on with the word. Everybody standing in a group and everybody got their earbuds on doing that. Well, you just do yours with the word. You let them and they just, ooh, yeah, yeah. You just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you'll find out, you start ministering to them. You don't even know where it came from. Why? Because what's, what's put in will come out. And I'm so far out of time. But God is not. Stay where you are. I want you to know, if you're listening to us for the first time, and all of you all that are at home, we love you. And we want you to be restored. We want your life to be different. We want things to change in your life. And the only way they're going to do that is if you put forth the effort and use the tools that God has given you to move to another whole area. God has plenty more to say to you. But let me tell you, you've got to come back next Sunday to get it. I know you want it all in one while. But guess what? You, you have enough with just getting those earbuds right. you got enough. Let me, you have enough today just in getting those out of your life that need to be out. See, you, 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 wanna, you want all the information, but what did I tell you? Information is not wisdom. It's not until you're able to apply it. So what you've learned today, just simply apply that. Start there and see what God does. You know, just, just start there. When you're going in and you've got your YouTube pulled up, pull up the Word. Let the, you know, I'm always just looking for everything else. Pull up, pull, up, pull up your Word. Pull up what your church is talking about. Because God have us in a mode of preparation and restoration. I want you to know that we love you. God loves you. And let me tell you, and we'll be back here on Wednesday. You need to come in. You need to be at home. You need to be settled down. You need to be, be in a place where you can uh, log on or whatever you have to do to be here on Wednesday. I need to get it because everything in this ministry is attached to everything. Everything flows out of the same vein. So Wednesday will be just as good as this morning, as just as good as this uh, earlier this morning. All of it connects. Connect the knowledge so that you can grow, so that you can develop, so that your life can be changed forever. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.